And here's the thing. We, we can't wait for Superman to save us. We can't just sit down and expect something amazing to happen. One of the opportunities we have when we're dealing with terribleness, you know, and just life falling apart and things around us not being ideal, um, it's easy to get stay stuck uh, and to reactively just kind of feel bullied by it. Um, or we can do something. Hi guys, this is Ntebo Archer. And this is Eddie. And welcome to Define Find Self, Self Podcast. Podcast. All right. Yeah, so let's get into this one. This is, I'm, I want to really like lead this one uh, because I would like to talk about control and, and three words that's going to help us get that. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the conversation. I wanted us to, to cover this issue of control. Um, and really, really, I mean, zooming into it, the loss of control mm-hmm. that that at some point some of us walked through this past year. Yep. Uh, and and uh, I wanted to present and talk through specific things that we can do to mitigate, lessen the impact and the hurt of of this loss of control. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I mean, look, talk to me. What's your experience with with uh, just a whole 2020 year and and your feeling of, did you feel like in control the whole time? Do you feel like mm-hmm. you're losing grip? No, uh, no. <laughs> Is there anything specific that like really made it feel like a tailspin? Uh, no, not actually. Hey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the other thing that I'm thinking of is that I think the extent to which we may feel a loss of control might also be correlated to the extent to which you are holding on to the thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm imagining if you were holding on to something in your hands, but you're holding it so aggressively and something that has more force and power than you comes and yanks it out. I think the ripping of that thing from your hand would be so much more feel. Uh, um, you'd feel it so much more versus if you were holding it because it's in your hand, but suppose you're actually holding it, palms up, and it's just like sitting there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when it gets taken away, there's no jarring, it's not a jarring sensation mm-hmm. because you were holding it lightly. Right. You know, versus gripping onto mm-hmm. it because for whatever reason, we feel like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, because of obviously insecurity and. Yeah. Just wanting maybe to needing to feel centered and therefore we hold on to stuff. Sure, sure. Right. So that's the thing that I that comes into my mind. Um Yeah. And yeah. you know, if if anything, the the things that caused that more than anything else for me mm-hmm. um was pretty much everything surrounding uh virtual school. Uh, uh, yes, you know, okay. it just felt oh, like, you yeah. know what, there should be there should be a different norm than what we're experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, there should be a different pattern. And, and we constantly w- were searching for some kind of stability. Mm-hmm. And obviously it wasn't just mm-hmm. it wasn't anybody's fault. I'm sure, yeah. you know, our kids, teachers felt the same way. Yeah. Um, but I think the instability there uh, impacted us a lot. Yeah. I think uh, in a in a beginning stage there where I really had to kind of let go and ignore the business mm-hmm. um, was kind of that loss yeah. of it. I wish um, it my my creativity was betraying me. 
uh, because I just didn't have room to implement any of it. So it's like, just don't think anymore, you know? Uh, So, so yeah, I think for me, those were some of the areas where um, it felt uh, a little bit out of control. One Mm. more thing for me. Mm -hmm. Oh man, this one was a big one. Um, I, I received such an uptick uptake intake of, oh, of clients space. yeah yo so many clients and the, and the worst part is everybody was was reeling off of their anxiety yeah and worry yeah that was tough for you of the time it was it was the anxiety of what was happening yeah. it was the racial discourse a lot of clients were picking me because i'm a black man mm-hmm. and they're like can you please help me figure out my my you know racial issues yeah. <laughs> like dude i can't even talk to you right now <laughs> all those things for me it was just like ah uh, this this is this is a lot this is a lot i mm-hmm. i need some strategies here to deal um uh and not you know fall out of faith yeah. or hope yeah you're right actually you know how they say as a parent um or rather i think sometimes your brain selectively remembers things yeah so <laughs> yes you're so traumatized so your brain I, ignored <laughs> yeah because you know like you say oh yeah. you remember how that child used to do that you're like oh wait they used to do that you, know, mm-hmm. you just don't remember because sometimes when you're going through so many hard things you know like you're happy to be out of it and sure, you sure. just right don't really remember it yeah so you're right so schooling was certainly that um but of course we very quickly you know sort of like surrounded that situation and mapped out how we were going to correct you know gain some sense of control and not yes. feel so yanked out yes. of yes our orbit by outside factors uh-huh. you know of course pretty much sympathetic that nobody had a plan but uh-huh. still you know we had to like make some really hard decisions yes. um, but yeah that was probably like the i think you had a much tougher yeah than I did. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you certainly had a much tougher year than it I did. It was a it was a tough year managing the the front end of that school, um, yeah. uh, that that virtual school thing, mm-hmm. because at the same time of that was the explosion of emotional issues with clients, and it just mm-hmm. it was it was overwhelming emotionally yeah. for sure. It was tough mm-hmm. to walk through it. Um, I will say though, uh, the miracle of that. Uh, was it, it did force me to find the words and the tools to give myself, lend myself control again mm-hmm. um, in ways that were productive and not necessarily me lying to myself, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to talk about that. I think a good place to start is what you said a second ago, mm-hmm. which is what is control? Mm-hmm. And I, I think you're right. A part of the problem with control is you is a previous reference point. Yeah. You know, you, you have a point in mind of what normal should be. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you're you're fooling yourself and, and unable to move into the future because you're really trying to hold on to that thing. You're holding on to that past reference point, not allowing yourself to move into the future. I think mm-hmm. that's big. I think another piece to that um, and, and like defining control is like it's it's not external. If anything, if 2020 taught us anything, is that we have no control over what's going to happen month yeah, to month. Externally. Yep, or it, even day to day, right? Yeah, day yep. to day. It's it's like there we couldn't control the external situations around us. Yeah, uh, control is primarily internal. Yep, it is something that happens in your mind. Uh, it happens 
and the um the the conscious effort in your routines mm-hmm. and rituals throughout the day yeah. uh those those that's the territory of control that we have access to yeah you know mm-hmm. yeah that's i think that's definitely a good point um yeah, like just a sense that you can never control what happens on the outside. You know, even like the statement um, mm-hmm. that, you know, events are neutral, which is can be hard to swallow, right? We mm-hmm. what, what mm-hmm. you know, COVID, what, you know. But it's that, and I think it speaks to that, where it's like, okay, events are neutral. The thing that gives them value mm-hmm. is my internal response. Right. Correct. And for me, it just feels like that also speaks to the sense of feeling like I am in control or yes. feeling like I have lost control. Sure. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's that, is that you can author how the things that are external fully impact you. Mm-hmm. Of course, external things do impact us. Yes. Right. But how they fully impact you is that I can come in there and either give them more you know it's like i determine which Uh room if my heart was a room which room that that situation that has access to yeah sure you know so when COVID happens of course it's impacted me because Mm -hmm. um you know perhaps i'm a healthcare worker and i was able to go to work and then come back home but now i have to go to work and i have to go to a hotel Yes. Because I cannot go home because, you know, I have kids. Sure. So, of course, it impacts me. But perhaps then, you know, how much more access I give that thing, uh-huh. you know, that's the, the, the place where we could like, we could have, we have opportunity. Yes. To say, okay, I mean, I could be completely depressed about this and, you know, sort of like completely fall apart or, you know, I can realize that, okay, there's nothing I can do about this. Uh-huh. But, you know, let me construct things around my life that will help me to still have access yes. to certain things, yes. right? Yes, uh, Maybe in a different way, you know, which has been the thing that's had to happen with our relationships. Sure. Where we've had to accept that, you know, it would be nice for me to like meet up with my friend and go have coffee. But, um, you know, it's not going to happen, you know. So I'm going to regain control of, um, you know, uh my need for relationship by yeah. reframing how that relationship is going to, how we're going to, what's this connect? Yeah. Know? Yeah. And now, you know, we're going to have to have like, you know, um, meetings over mm-hmm. zoom, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that, that stood, that held its place. Yeah. Um, you know, one more thought about what control is and what it isn't. Mm-hmm. Control is not, is not predictive. Uh, it's not, it's not, um, uh, you know, uh, it's it's not about like predicting what's going to happen next and feeling secure in that prediction. Uh, control is management. You know, it's management. It's mm-hmm. management through an issue. It's not. It's, it's again journey, wow. not destination. It's yeah. it's it's essentially a beach ball mm-hmm. on top of a wave at the beach. That beach ball won't be able to tell where the wave is coming from or how it's going to direct its trajectory, you know, but that beach ball is controlled because it's, it's managing the impact. It's managing like the way it's buoyancy, the way it's riding those waves. Um, I think, I think healthy control 
are things that allow you to manage better, mm. you know, in the middle of crisis, as opposed to yep. trying to solve it yep. um, and, and you know, get yep. to a place where you can predict yeah. where you're going next, what's going to happen you're next. you kind, right? Because no, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, as long as you go for that, you're, you're going to be out of whack. Yep. Like exactly. it's gonna, it's never gonna work. Well, yeah, you know, you always feel jarred by mm-hmm. by life because you and there's gonna be so many opportunities to prove to you that you are not in control. Yeah. So if anything, that would leave you feeling even more mm-hmm. uh, appended. And, yeah. Um, of course. Yeah. Of course. Okay. All right. So so here's three words that lean into creating the kind of control that we're talking about. You know, and heading and heading into. Um, one is consume. The next is contribute. And the last is create. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and I, I want us to just take a moment to talk about each of these, what they mean, what they look like, how we've applied them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so so just to kind of like paint the picture on how these things that help us gain control, manage the crisis um, and be, be on top of it. Yep. Okay. So, so consume, um, consume, essentially, uh, consume is, um, is the idea that, uh, the things that we take in, mm-hmm. you know, the things that we take in, allow ourselves to process, okay. allow ourselves to, to kind of muse, gain information, gain data from, um, so, so practically speaking, I'm talking about like what we watch on TV, uh-huh. talk about what we eat. Um, uh, Social you know, media. so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the things that, and, and, um, the things that we allow into our gates, like our eyes, our ears, um, uh, our senses, mm-hmm. uh, all those things are, are things that we consume. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think one of the first things that we can do is to, uh, moderate or really pay attention to what we're consuming mm-hmm. um, as how that it's will. impacting us. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How it's impacting the yeah. people, the conversations that we're having. I mean, mm-hmm. all those things matter. Yep. They matter. Um, and it, it's incredibly important that we start to adjust what mm-hmm. we consume. Uh, so, I mean, like for you, what would you say uh, are some of the more important things in a day? for you to consume that that benefits you yeah so i mean the funny thing now with my day is that even more than ever with the kids i i I, i'm always so shocked at how quickly the day goes yeah so a lot of the time that i have is not it's not really my own you know because it's being with the kids but it's also homeschooling so you know so we moving from yeah, like one thing to the next. And with the youngest one now 15 months and he's not napping as much. So so one of the things that helps me when I step into my day is just stepping in with, well, I mean, to say no expectation almost doesn't necessarily feel completely true, but step in with an openness mm-hmm. and with an acceptance that I may not necessarily get to everything and that's okay. Yeah, because the problem right. sometimes with stepping in with too much expectations is that yeah. it leaves you much more vulnerable to feeling disappointed, and then now interacting with other people with from a place of frustrations. Right, frustration because your plans didn't work out. 
Yeah. So coming into a day with a sense of, you know, hope, uh, and not even hoping hope in it that's plugged into the things that are written down as plans. But just for me, it's like just in a sense, like gazing at God and just really just reminding myself that, you know, God, you are my hope. It really doesn't matter what else happens if mm-hmm. I ever am able to get to do that thing that I would like to do. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, because those things are just very fleeting, mm-hmm. you know, so it helps me. But I think also like coming into the day with a level of buoyancy mm-hmm. because that, and that's the thing that kids teach you, right? That the best laid plans are just can go down the drain in like a second. Sure. So that's like one of the opportunities that being a parent, especially you just learn to, you know, it's one valuable thing to have that you hold it all likely. You mm-hmm. come in, but you just never know when the decision to go out to the door to the park may not just work out. But it's like when it doesn't work out, when you can hold things lightly, it's it's okay. Like it's, there's no jarring, huge emotions huge disappointment it's just like okay that's fine so now let's find the next best thing so i find that that's like one really really crucial sure you know uh you know some of the like the crucial things like postures yes you know because i think more than stuff Mm -hmm. internal posture just is so important yeah you know to 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 be able to be like that uh beach ball that you talk about for sure for sure i can ride the waves that's good man Mm -hmm. that's good and you know one of the things i'm I'm appreciating about, you know, just all this is the fact that, look, I can't control the news <laughs> and the intensity of it. Um, uh, the, um, yeah, just how much is is coming at us constantly mm-hmm. from all these different sources. So one of the things that I've been intentional about is, is being hyper controlling mm-hmm. about the sources of, of, uh, of information that's accessible to me. And, and what I mean is that I've actually set up um, like there they have like read it later apps like Pocket. Um, I'm using something called Inno Reader right now mm-hmm. where where I tell the program mm-hmm. these are the news sources that I want to hear from and I, I'll okay. do balance conservative and liberal. You know, I'll, I do. Hey, these are the social media channels I want to listen to. Uh, I want to watch the YouTube channels. I tell it everything down to the T on the things that I'm interested in. And what's yeah. amazing is that it takes all the information and puts it in the folder. Mm-hmm. And then that day I get to choose, you know, who on Facebook, I, I if I want to even look at Facebook that day, yeah. I have to actually click on the folder to look at it. Mm-hmm. Or I have to actually click on this news source to look at what's going on in the news. I get that control now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so consume, I'm controlling the things that I consume. Yeah. Um, and it's been pretty powerful for me. Yeah. And I think for our generation, fortunately and also unfortunately, is that, you know, social media is, you know, such a powerful tool which can go a long way in um, adding to, you know, to uh, that's added like to society in many different ways. But I think also in the individual level, you can't take away the fact that that same thing is the very thing that can also like just bring negative energy into our spaces. So that's one thing that I definitely realized for myself. And I really just didn't like the fact that I could spend like, it's like, okay, so I intended to spend five minutes on Instagram and I'm still on Instagram for an hour. I never liked that. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I think like two years back, I realized that, no, I'm going to make sure that I just scale back. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, I think living in a world where there's so much news, false, fake, true, 
that's floating around, I find that sometimes you could almost also have this overwhelming sense that, well, wait, if I'm not there and perusing the, 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 the you know, internet sphere, surely I'm missing out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. But the things that even if you are there, there's so much. So. Yeah, it's true. You know, is you being there truly making a dent? Sure. You know, because oftentimes like not really. Yeah. Because you started on one place and you ended up going down a rabbit hole. That if you really evaluate the rabbit hole, it was just, you know, silly. You were following pictures of cats. Yeah. Definitely. And you just, you know what I mean? Look at pictures of cats for like an hour. Sure. Uh, so yeah, so for me, like the sense of gaining control, it's just like looking at some of the things that for our generation, uh-huh. it's just like, it's, it's, they've just been like super, super impactful. Sure. And to say, well, okay, so social media is one thing. All right. Uh, okay. So I need to just like find a way that I can interact with this thing, and, you know. And I mean, you know me, so I don't really use social media as yeah. much. No, you you so actually. I'm certainly like not really like the best of standards in that sense. But the thing that I would say is that if I compare myself to when I had my head in social media versus now, where it's I I'm it's so scanty, like the way I you basically consume. like deleted a whole bunch of your profiles. I mean, you just basically yeah. have well, not deleted them, you just stopped yeah, you deleted off your phone at least <laughs> well there's certain apps that i don't even have on my phone yeah but the point is that i'm just so much happier because sure sure of course. you know because it's oh and it's also this thing that part of what you consume is that it creates this culture where your life is not enough and you are having to you know it's like it's a comparison thing sure deliberately or not but it's like you are viewing yourself through the lens of other people sure if, yeah. And the things that what it does that it can easily breed discontentment. And I think that's the thing that I had a huge, huge problem with is that why is it that I was fine with my life knowing that it's not perfect, mind you. It's like, you know, like, you know, you don't need anybody to tell you that your life is not perfect. Um, so, you know, like as a human being, because we all have like, they say different aspirations. So you can look at your life like, oh man, you know, for example, I wish my son just ate with his spoon all the time, but you know, he has a tendency to like eat with his hands. Uh-huh. Like, I don't need anybody to like tell me that, you know, to tell me that it's, it's like, there's some things that are innately inside of me where I'm like, oh, I want to improve. Uh-huh. But now it's this thing where just as much as there is a desire to improve. But for it to become so overwhelming just because now you are seeing so many people, you know, whose lives just look so much better than yours. And then, you know, so that's like the part that I did not like, that it was breeding a sense of discontentment because it overemphasized what I was lacking versus perhaps highlighting what I did have, Mm -hmm. you know. So it becomes this like disproportionate uh, thing to manage now. Mm-hmm. Where I have to then do like an even bigger job of reminding myself what I'm grateful for. Sure. Because if you look at social media, it can, you know, highlight and expand out so much more the things that you are lacking and, yeah, you know, et cetera. So for me, I just realized that that was not healthy and I didn't want to live like that. And maybe in some ways you could feel like, well, but so are you just choosing ignorance? And it's like, no, that's necessarily it because social media does not necessarily mean enlightenment. Uh-huh. It just means that you might just be in the know of what the other people are doing. Sure. Right. But it doesn't necessarily mean enlightenment. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, so the, that was just like, you know, some of the things that I cut off Yeah, from like a consuming. And then it's like, I'd rather than just consume, you know, you know, read my Bible and like read some books. Yeah. Because quite frankly, when the day's over, I'm, I am so tired. Uh-huh that I don't necessarily have um, 
you know, all of the time that I would have probably previously had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. That's good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So no, this is good. Let's let's go over to the next one. Con, uh, contribute, contribute. Here, I want to start off with this. Um, there's this dynamic called a wounded healer. All right, a wounded, uh, healer? wounded healer. Scientists call it. Uh, and and essentially, one of the things, one of the studies that refer to this, they looked at Alcoholics Anonymous, and they followed um, uh, sponsors or people who were more inclined to help support others. Okay. Um, versus people who were not. And they found that the people who were more, who put more effort into supporting others uh, in spite of their own like journey and process of trying to get better, they were twice as likely to stay sober one year later. You know, if you supported somebody else, if you supported somebody else, mm-hmm. Alcoholics Anonymous, right? If if you had that desire, the will or effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the reason yeah, I bring that up is because Sometimes the thing that we need is the very thing that we need to give, you know? So when I talk about contribute, I'm talking about what do you do with your resources? You know, how are you managing them? Um, are you giving them, uh, like, are you sharing them? Are you putting it somewhere productive with an expectation of return or are you hoarding it? Mm-hmm. You know, and, I'm, and I mean resources, I'm talking about time, I'm talking about money, I'm talking about relationship, yeah. I'm, putting, I'm talking about your effort, your attention, mm-hmm. um, all those things that you have that's of value that you can potentially give. Okay. So the issue here is, is contribute. This is an area where we can take control back by contributing, you know, towards something that is beneficial, mm-hmm. something that, that actually affirms you. Okay. Maybe something even that you're struggling with uh, that you don't quite have down, but you want to support others in that journey and process of figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what I mean by contribute. That's okay. why I want to activate that as a part of us learning and gaining control. Does mm-hmm. that does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, you know what I uh, how I part of how I understand it is the sense that sometimes when you so, yeah, so you have an, something that challenges you. Right. Uh, but I think in a sense, like, well, but if you just sort of like remain with that thing alone, that thing might actually appear to be much bigger than what it really is because your only context is yourself. So I think contributing for me feels like, well, what it does is that it, you know, you have your problem, it's still there, but in a sense, when you begin to contribute, there's a sense of creating distance so that you can bring somebody alongside. Yeah. Or so that you can peer over at another person. And what that does is that it helps to bring a sense of balance and perspective around your yeah. own thing. Yeah. It's just that's like um, yeah, the, the, the experience of having like a child, a single child and having two kids. That when it's just one child, you know, looking at them, you know, you can have a sense about them. But you're not really even sure necessarily of what's extreme necessarily and what's mm-hmm. moderate and what's, you know. Yeah. What's what's low? Like you don't know what's the low or how medium high necessarily. But when there's another individual who comes into the picture, you have a better sense of, oh, okay. 
So relative to you, so this is actually really medium or mm. that is right, high. Right. So that's kind of like how I feel that what it does that when we come alongside other people, it can help to bring balance. Yes. So we don't feel so consumed by our own thing, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that companionship. So whether or not you're helping another person or you're just walking along with another person, you know, is that that companionship, you know, is a thing that can bring a balance and a better perspective Mm -hmm. so that this thing is not just this looming thing in front of you. Yeah. Uh, Because being around, you know, contributing to something else or working along with somebody else just brings a better sense of perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, um, and and I, I really value that. I see that there's just so much, um, research. There's so much, um, just like really life examples that, that highlight this, you know, that I can, I can walk alongside and make that something meaningful. Mm -hmm. Um, and that props me up, you know, it makes me more powerful. I'm thinking about, um, look, I mean, our church, you know, uh, and, and I think something that's super incredibly powerful about, the messaging uh, of, of our church right now is the fact that we're connected. Mm-hmm. We're connected to others. So it's almost as if um, I'm contributing to my brothers and sisters mm-hmm. by the way that I live, yeah. you know, by the decisions I make. And it matters. Mm-hmm. It means something. It's currency in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. And and being a part of a community, I, I think that's yeah. the key thing I'm highlighting, like intentionally allowing yourself to be a part of a community where you're not just getting something from them, but you're contributing meaningfully to them as well yeah. um, is crucial. And it, mm-hmm. it it's almost like night and day mm-hmm. in terms of the value that you put in your day-to-day efforts. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a huge lift yeah. in terms of giving you a sense of control mm-hmm. while you're walking through things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, I mean, I think just from personal experience is even, you know, with the homeschooling, because, um, you you know, so I think part of it is that so unlike school where there is a curriculum that's given, you know, by the state to say, okay, teacher X, you just need to teach this, which I mean, I think obviously can have its own challenges. If you're a teacher and you feel like, oh, man, I don't really necessarily like this. And if I had a choice, I'll tweak it you know, mm-hmm. fine. But I think for me, part of, in any case, you know, so I'm not like a teacher, so I'm having to learn a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I try out things that one day work, the next day don't work. So there's always this constant flow. Sure. And it feels even more so like that because I'm not tied to the curriculum. I yeah. can change it, mm-hmm. right? But so one of the things that has always been so powerful for me is that when I sit and I get together with, you know, a friend of mine who's also, homeschooling or I talk to somebody else, it really just brings, it lightens the load. Sure. It's funny because it's not like the problems fall off. It's not like the child all of a sudden becomes compliant and they Uh just want to sit down and, oh, mommy, what do you, what are we learning today? You know, it's not that, but somehow they're still, you know, bringing, you know, standing inside of that place of companionship and just talking, never mind, but like just merely by talking yeah. and sharing uh-huh. even your feelings of, oh man, it's tough with somebody else. Like literally you can feel the lift. Yeah. You can feel that sense of, you know, 
you know, buoyancy mm-hmm. coming inside of you to say, well, you know, yeah, it, it doesn't all fall away. Mm-hmm. But man, I don't nearly feel so out of out of it. Right. As I felt before I went into that conversation with that mm-hmm. friend. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that really is like a huge part, which of course with 2020 and that year having been what it is, it just highlights how, yeah, the relationships and just even figuring out ways to make them happen, even if it's over Zoom, yeah, can go such a long way. Or if it, even if it's just a telephone call can go such a long way sure. to giving um you know the different of us like a sense of control you uh-huh. know um well let's go over to the last one uh and it's the issue of create and here's the thing we, we can't wait for superman to save us mm-hmm. you know uh we can't just sit down and expect something amazing to happen uh and and so so one of the one of the opportunities yeah. we have I think when we're dealing with terribleness, you know, and just life falling apart and things around us not being ideal, um, it's easy to get stay stuck yeah. uh, and to reactively just kind of feel bullied by it. Yeah. Um, or we can do something, create something that's ours. Yeah. I think one of the most amazing things I saw uh, in, in 2020 were, were all the individuals, all the people that started to to plant their own gardens Mm -hmm. you know or or take up baking you know or a new hobby or different things um because quite frankly we there's nothing dependable out there to bring something new to us uh we have the internal ability and capability to create you know to do something from nothing yeah and and not for the sake of you know a, a miracle or you know making money or or anything like that but for the sake of the journey of learning mm-hmm. a journey of exploring of learning more about you mm-hmm. um and and seeing a lot of value in that yeah 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 and i think the other thing is that it can bring a balance because sometimes you feel like oh man i'm losing control because when you look at the different components of your life you are there's like they're winning they they they're winning over you they're conquering you right um, so, but then if perhaps you do introduce something uh-huh. where that's not the, the trajectory of it, you know, yeah. where that, that's like the one thing that you feel like, wait, you know, this is the one area where I'm pouring effort and I actually am seeing some improvement that can really actually just be very encouraging, you know, like the fact that you say like, you, you know, building tables for one. Sure. So you go into therapy sessions, you counsel people, and sometimes, you know, most of the time, perhaps people don't change. Yeah. But you go into the garage, there's, you know, you take pieces of wood that are just pieces of wood, and uh-huh. then you finish and you end up with a table. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, oh, wow. So they, at least there is one thing that I can touch with my efforts. Yeah. That actually resulted in something. Sure. So now when you go back into the therapy room, you don't go back in with a sense of defeat and a sense of like just, oh, mm-hmm. it's so hopeless. Mm-hmm. There's nothing working. You know, there's like a bit, little bit of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, and for me, it's like the same thing with like learning. And it's interesting because you get to see yourself and the trajectory. And as you're saying, I think the important word always is journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so, so crucial, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because it's just something that's so much more powerful and so much there's more grace filled in journey versus you know where we are sort of like looking for a product mm-hmm. you know a 
you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear that. I'm like fully, yeah. Yeah. And okay, so like, but I think it's also the journey and part of the joy and the thing that can help bring a sense of, oh, okay, so it's not all bad, is being able to also watch yourself and to watch how you are also getting better. Yeah. Even if it's just in one area, but the sense of, okay, well, but I am getting better here. Sure. Which can bring a sense of, it doesn't resolve everything, but it can just give you a bit of a lift mm-hmm. um, for facing the other areas that are more challenging and where things are not resolving as fast. Right. You know, because sometimes not even that all things are just never, never going to work out. Mm-hmm. But it's just that some things tend to take time to resolve. Sure. And parenting is one of those things where, you know, the trajectory sometimes of things coming mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. one phase of maturity. Yeah can be so much longer. Yeah. You know, it's not that it's never going to get there, but it's just that it's so much longer. But it can be a joy to say, oh, wait, I invested a week in doing this. Oh, wow, look at that. It's starting to feel better. And I've like sort of seen that with myself and doing the learning the piano, mm-hmm. where I started off not being able to read music at all. Mm-hmm. And then now I can read some music. Yeah. And now I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm so nervous about having to like play on my left hand because it just feels... So mm-hmm. out of practice. And then coming to a place where I'm like, oh, wow, look at that. I can play with my left hand. And it's actually becoming more familiar sure. than it was a year, a month ago. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, it's like the small things like that where you're like, oh, wait, something is happening. Yes. And it's just like really encouraging. Yes. say, wow, wait. I, now all I do is to practice 15 minutes a day. But mm-hmm. instead of being doing it for like a whole month. Mm-hmm. And I can literally feel the change. Yeah. I can see the change. Right. And I'm getting much faster. Oh, look at that. I can play joy to the world, mm-hmm. which I was struggling to play, you know, when the week started. But now it's become so familiar. I can do the skips and whatnot. You know, so it's just like that process of also watching yourself create and begin to see that small turns yeah. that, you know, it can feed into yeah, you know, like your sense of definitely, you know, confidence and just like sense of uplift. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think. Um. Uh. Well, I mean, like going back here, crisis come, uh, crises come in our lives uh, in order to cause us to move, uh, and we won't move if we're holding on to some kind of past experience or value. This is all we were talking about early in the very beginning of this. Um. But the creativity. And and the and the opportunity of discovering something about yourself is what makes a room for you to 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 feel welcomed, you know, in in this new version of who you are. You know, the desire, the ability, the effort um, to be creative. Um, I you know I'm thinking about you know it's a different point, but I was thinking about a uh, um, uh, a Bible story that you're highlighting to me the other day. I believe. Um, that it was a, uh, it was a story where there was a famine. Um, the prophet comes to a woman and says, "Hey, get some jars, yeah. uh, and it's and we're gonna fill it with um, with oil." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I think of the story. She went to go find jars, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and then God filled up all the jars. And the idea there is like, well, what jars do we have? Yeah. You know, what jars have we put out there? Yeah. You know, you have you have a little blog and it's it's a you know, it's a little something, something. It's not nobody's visiting, nothing is checking out, but it's a jar. And you're creating an opportunity for it to be filled. You know, you have this little YouTube channel or maybe this thing that you build or you like jewelry and you're you're making jewelry. Whatever it is, I think it's important to do it not for the outcome, you know, but to give God an opportunity. 
you know, to use it and to do what he wants with it. And I think that's what happened with our furniture store. We we created our furniture store because we needed furniture for our house. Yeah. Uh, so we started to refurbish, found out that there's builds and then we started to custom build a specific kind of table, yeah. dining tables and just had the store up. And the thing was there, you know, yeah. we got, we got a few orders, you know, here and there. Um, and then, uh, it was time for the jar to be filled up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and towards, you know, middle of 2020, uh, significant social dis- unrest, uh, Etsy decided we're going to make um, a black owned business uh, website and and boom, our furniture store is there. There is no other black owned business furniture store in Etsy. So we are there. And amazingly, from all over the U.S., we start to get orders. But the thing for us wasn't, oh, yeah, let's build this thing so that we can be on this Etsy store one day. We had no idea that was around the corner. We built it because we needed it. We built it because we were discovering something about it. But also we built it for the opportunity for collaboration um, uh, with yeah. with others, with our mm-hmm. builder who came in and we wanted we wanted to support her financially, mm-hmm. you know, and that was our heart moving forward into that season. Yeah. And so it's like, wow, that that is kind of amazing. But none of that was built off of just, oh, we're going to make this happen. It was built off of we wanted to create yeah. um, and we did create uh, and it was so it was definitely not therapy yeah. and it wasn't it wasn't, you know, um, financial uh, anal- analysts and analyzing. I don't know what you do for a living girl. It wasn't a financial analyst. Yeah. Financial analyzing anything. But I, I look at the end of the day, we, we created something that was different. And and I think that was a jar that gave God an opportunity to fill and allow us to do more closer to who we are as well. Yeah. So there it is. Uh, those there are three is. words. Um, three very long words. <laughs> consume. Yeah. Contribute. And create. And create. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. Uh, thank you always for your support and for tuning in. Uh, we always welcome to hear your feedback. Um, any thoughts, any questions, any ideas of topics that you'd like us to, to, to touch on, um, you can go ahead and shoot us um, an email and we'll be happy to hear from you.